guys, this is Nilad and welcome to Greek Mythology with Nilad. This is the podcast where I, Nilad, crazy lover of Greek mythology, tell you more about it. In today's episode, we will finally finish the story of Hades and Persephone. And next episode, we are going to start the ass-kicking goddess, Hera. Well, let's get in with today's episode. So, Helios knew he was in trouble as soon as Demeter burst into his throne room. The sun titan always liked to relax in the last hours of the night before he had to saddle his fiery horses and get back to work. He was kicking back, thinking about all the crazy stuff he'd seen during this day the ride before. He really should write a book. Then suddenly, the bronze doors of his audience chamber flew open and Demeter rode her dragon-drawn chariot right up the steps of his throne. The dragon snarled and blared their fangs, drooling all Helios's golden shoes. Uh, hi, she said nervously. Where is my daughter? Demeter's voice was calm and deadly serious. Helios winced. He didn't want to get involved in godly disagreements. They didn't pay him enough for that. But he decided right now was not the time to withhold information. Hades took her, he said. He told her everything he'd seen. Demeter held back her scream. She didn't want to cause another epic pandemic, but Hades? Of all the disgusting, horrible male gods who wanted to have taken her precious daughter, Hades was the most disgusting and horrible of all. And why didn't you tell this to me sooner? Her voice was as sharp as a scythe. Well, um, never mind, she snapped. I'll deal with you later. When Zeus hears how Hades had dishonored, dishonored her, our daughter, he'll be furious. She rode out of the sun palace and made it straight for Mount Olympus. As you can guess, her conversation with Zeus didn't go quite the way she planned. She marched into the throne room and yelled, Zeus, you won't believe what happened. She told him the whole story and demanded he do something. Strangely, Zeus did not seem furious. He wouldn't mean Demeter's eyes. He kept picking at the end of his lightning bolt. Sweat trickled down the side of his face. A cold feeling came over Demeter, a kind of anger that was much deeper than anything she'd felt before. Zeus, what did you do? Well, <laughs> Zeus shrugged sheepishly. Zadius might have mentioned that he wanted to marry Persephone. Demeter's fingernails dug into her palms until her hands were dripping golden ichor. And isn't a good match. Hades is powerful. He's handsome. Or, um, well, he's powerful. I want my daughter back, Demeter said. Now. Uh, Zeus comes on the throne. Look, babe. Do not call me babe. I can't go back on my word. It's done. She's down in the underworld. They're married. End of story. No. Not the end of the story. Until I have my daughter back, nothing will grow on this earth. Crops will die. People will starve. Every single living creature will share my pain until you do the right thing and return Persephone. Demeter thundered out of the room. Thundering was usually Zeus's job, but she was beyond man. She went back to Eleusis, the one kingdom where people had helped her. She allowed the crops there to continue growing, but the rest of the earth, everything just withered and died as she threatened. Zeus told himself, she's just throwing a tantrum. Give her a few days and she'll get over it. Weeks passed, then months. Humans starved by thousands. When and when humans starved, they couldn't make burnt offerings to the gods. They couldn't build new temples. 
All they could do was cry out in agony, praying to the gods 24-7. Help us! We are starving! Which gave Zeus a huge headache. Also, the gods were reduced to eating ambrosia and nectar, which got old quickly. Without grain, they couldn't have made any bread or those awesome fresh-baked brownies Hera sometimes made. Finally, Zeus relented. He summoned his main messenger, a god named Hermes. He said, Hey Hermes, go down to the underworld. Tell Hades, ghost, go. Tell Hades that he's got to send Persephone back right away or we'll have, never have any peace or brownies. On a bus, heads Hades zoomed down to the underworld. Meanwhile, Persephone had been in this palace of Hades the whole time and she was learning the hard way that the world did not revolve around her. No many times, how m- not matter how many times she stamped her feet, held her breath, or screamed for her mother, she didn't get what he wanted. She threw some epic tantrums. She tore up her bed, which made it hard to sleep. She kicked the walls, which hurt her foot. And when Hades' ghostly servants brought her meals, she smashed the plates and refused to eat anything, even though she was starving. The not eating thing was important. See, in Greek times, eating food in another person's house was like signing her contract. It means you accepted your place as a guest. They had to treat you properly, but you also had to believe, bra- treat, basic, uh, sorry. It means that you also had to believe properly. Basically, it meant that you and your host were on friendly terms. Persephone didn't want to sign that contract. Not at all. The first few days, she refused to leave her room. Hades didn't force her to, though he tried to talk to her a few times. Look, he said, your dad agreed to the marriage. I'm sorry about the whole kidnapping thing, which was way his idea. But honestly, I love you. You're amazing and beautiful and I promise. Get out! Persephone screamed. She threw whatever she could grab, which happened to be a pillow. The pillow bounced off Hades' chest. Hades looked sad and left her alone. Around the fourth day, Persephone got bored and left her room. No one stopped her. She quickly realized why. Outside of the king's palace, there was no place to go. She was stuck in the underworld, with nothing in any direction except grey gloomy plains filled with dead people and no sky above except dark mists. Even if she ran away from the palace, she didn't want to walk through those fields full of dead souls and she had no idea how to get back to the upper world. The most infuriating thing? Hades refused to get mad at her. No matter how many plates she smashed or she stirred up, or how many horrible names she called him, though honestly, she didn't know that many insults, she lived a happy, sheltered life and calling Hades stupid head didn't quite seem forceful enough. Hades took her abuse and told her that he was sorry that she was angry. I do love you, he promised. You are the brightest thing in the entire underworld. With you here, I will never miss the sunlight again. You are warmer than the sun by far. You are a stupid head, she screamed. After he left, she realized what she said was sort of sweet, but only in a creepy, pathetic way, of course. The days passed. The more Persephone wandered through the place, the more amazed she began. became. The mansion was huge. Hades had entire rooms built of gold and, gold and silver. Every day, his servants set out to get new bouquets of flowers made from precious jewels. The gold dozen ruby roses on diamond stems, platinum and gold sunflowers with emerald studded leaves. Even on Mount Olympus, Persephone had never seen such dazzling wealth. She started to realize as cre- that as creepy and horrible Hades was, he had tremendous powers. 
He controlled thousands of souls. He commanded horrifying monsters and creatures of the darkness. He had access to all of the wealth under the earth, making him the richest god in the world. No matter what Persephone destroyed, he could instantly replace it with something better. Still, she hated the place. Of course she did. She missed the sun and the meadows and the fresh flowers. The underworld was so clammy she could never get warm. The constant gloom gave her a serious case of seasonal affective disorder. Then one day she stumbled across his Hades' throne room. He was sitting at the far end on a throne sculpted from thousands of bones, talking to a shimmering ghost. Persephone, that it was a soul newly arrived from the mortal world, as it seemed to give Hades the latest news. Thank you, Hades told the spirit, but I will never give in. I don't care how many mortals die. What are you talking about, you horrible person? Who are you killing now? Hades looked stunned. He waved at the ghost and it disappeared. I I don't want to tell you, Hades said. It will only bring you pain. Which made her only want to know more. What's going on? Persephone asked. Hades took a deep breath. Your mother is angry. She knows now that I took you for my wife. Ha! Persephone's heart soared. Oh, you're in so much trouble. She's on her way down here right now with an army of angry nymphs and green spirits here, isn't she? No, Hades said. No? Persephone blinked. She will not cross into the underworld. She hates it here. She hates me. Of course she does, Persephone said, though she was a little disappointed. She'd been counting on her mom to rescue her. Surely the matter would come to get her personally, whether or not she hated the underworld. But I'm confused. What were you saying about Mosul's dying? Your mother is trying to force Zeus into getting you back. Demeter is starving the entire world, letting thousands of people die until you are returned to her. Persephone almost swelled over. Her mother was doing what? Demeter was, had always been so gentle and kind. Persephone couldn't imagine her mom letting a corn plant die, much less thousands of people. But something told her that Hades wasn't lying. Persephone's eyes stung. He wasn't sure if she was angry or sad or just sick in her stomach. Thousands of mortals were dying because of her. You must return me, Persephone said immediately. Hades clenched his jaw. For the first time, he didn't look mopey or weak. He met her gaze. His dark eyes flared with purple fire. You are my very existence now, Hades said. You are more precious to me than all the jewels under the earth. I am sorry that you do not love me, but I will be a good husband to you. I will do everything I can do to make you happy. I will not return you. If I must, I will counter Demeter's attack. I will open the gates of the underworld and let the dead flow back into the world rather than release you. Persephone didn't know what to do with this information. Her heart felt like it was compressing into a tiny jewel, as bright and hard as a diamond. She turned and fled. She ran down a corridor she never explored before and opened into a guard opened a doorway and stepped out into a garden. She couldn't breathe. It was the most incredible place she had ever seen. Ghostly warm lights floated overhead, perhaps the soul of particularly sunny dead people. She wasn't sure, but the garden was warmer and brighter than anywhere else in the underworld. Beautiful subterranean flowers glowed in the dark. Orchards of carefully pruned trees bore sweet-smelling blossoms and neon-bright fruit. The path was sculpted with rubies and topaz. White birch trees soared into the air like frozen ghosts. A brook wended through the middle of the garden. 
on a nearby table sat a silver tray with a frosted decanter of nectar, along with Persephone's favorite cookies and fresh fruit. Persephone couldn't understand what she was seeing. All the flowers and trees she loved best from the upper world were here in this garden, somehow blossoming and flourishing in the darkness. What? She couldn't form a sentence. How? Do you like it? Hades spoke just behind her. He'd followed her outside, and for once his voice didn't make her cringe. She turned and saw a tiny smile on his face. He didn't look so horrible when he smiled. You, you did this for me? Persephone asked. He shrugged. I'm sorry it wasn't ready sooner. I gathered the best gardeners in the underworld. Ascalaphos, where are you? A thin young man appeared from the bushes. He had gardening shears in his hand. He was obviously one of the dead, judging from his papery skin and the yellowish tint in his eyes. But he managed to smile. He somehow looked more alert than the other zombies, but Stephanie has meant. Just pruning the roses, my lord. My lady, a pleasure to meet you. But Stephanie knew she should say something like hello, but she was too stunned. Just then, a winged gargoyle flew into the garden. It whispered something in Hades' ear, and the god's face grew stern. A visitor. Excuse me, my dear. When he was gone, Ascaphalos was gestured to the patio table. My lady, would you like something to eat? No, Persephone said automatically. Despite everything, she knew she wouldn't help the hospitality of a god who had kidnapped her. Suit yourself, said the gardener. I just picked these ripe pomegranates, though they're amazing. He pulled one from his overalls and set it on the table and cut the fruit into three parts with his knife. Hundreds of juicy red-purple seeds glistened inside. Now, personally, I'm not a big pomegranate fan, but Persephone loved them. That reminded her of her happiest moments above ground, frolicking in the meadows with her nymph friends. She looked at the lusitious food and her stumbled hound in protest. It had been days since she'd eaten anything. She was immortal so she couldn't die, but she felt like she was starving. A little bite won't hurt, she told herself. She sat down, put one seed in her mouth and couldn't believe how good it tasted. Before she knew it, she had eaten a third of the fruit. She would have eaten more if Hades hadn't returned with his visitor, the god Hermes. My love, Hades called, and his voice sounded like he had been weeping. Persephone shot to her feet. She hid her sticky purple fingers behind her and hoped she didn't have juice running down her chin. Mm-hmm, she mumbled, working a few half-cute tunes around her mouth. This is Hermes. Hades' face looked broken with despair. He has come to take you back. But but you said Zeus commands it. Hades sounded so sad that Persephone forgot this was good news. I would gladly fight any god for your sake, but I cannot fight against the entire Olympian council. I am I am forced to give you up. Persephone should have been shouting with joy. This was what she wanted. But why did she feel so bad about it? She couldn't stand the look of devastation on Hades' face. She had made this garden just for her. He treated her well, at least after the initial kidnapping that had been Zeus's idea. Hades had been dreading to open the gates of the dead for her sake. Hermes didn't seem bothered by any of that. Well, excellent. Uh, he grinned at Persephone. Ready to go? Just some uh, regulation questions I have to ask you first. You know, custom stuff, caution water. Have you come in contact with any live animals? No. Visited any farms? Hermes inquired, are you carrying more than 10,000 drachmas in foreign currency? Uh, no. Last question, Hermes said. Have you eaten any food in the underworld? He held up his hands in apology. I know it's a stupid question. I mean, you're obviously smarter than that. If you ate any food in the underworld, you'd have to stay here forever. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know 
uh, if she would have lied or not. But before she could answer, the gardener, Ascalaphos, said, "Show them your hands, my lady." Persephone blushed. She held out her hands, which were stained purple, one third of a pomegranate. That's all. Oh, oops! She can stay. Hades danced in a circle, grinning from ear to ear, and then seemed to realize he didn't look very dignified. Uh, I mean, she must stay. Um, I'm sorry, my dear, if that makes you sad, but I can't pretend I'm not delighted. This is wonderful news. Persephone's emotions were so jumbled that she didn't know how she felt. Hermes scratched his head. This complicates things. I've got to report for new orders. Back soon. He flew to Mount Olympus and told the other gods his news. Demeter heard a problem and she flew into rage. Somehow she managed to send a powerful curse straight through the ground into the underworld garden in Hades' mansion. She zapped the gardener Ascaphalos into a gecko because he told, she told on Persephone. Why a gecko? I had no idea. I guess, off the top of her head, a zombie gecko was the worst curse she could think of. Demeter threatened to let the keep the world starving unless she got her daughter back. Hades sent a new message via Hertz, warning that the dead would rise in a zombie apocalypse unless Persephone stayed with him. Zeus was getting a splitting headache, imagining his beautiful world being ripped apart until Hesita came up with a solution. Let Persephone divide her time, suggested the Hearth goddess. She ate one-third of the pomegranate, so let her spend a third of the year with Hades and two-thirds with Demeter. Amazingly, all the gods agreed. Hades was happy to have his wife, even for the third of a year. Demeter was overjoyed, though she never got over being mad at Hades. Whenever Persephone was in the underworld, Demeter turned cold and angry and wouldn't let the plants grow. So according to the old stories, that's why there are three distinct seasons in Greece, and during the colder months of autumn, crops don't grow. As for Persephone, the whole kind of experience just forced her to grow up. She fell in love with Hades and made a palace for herself in the underworld, though she still enjoyed spending time in the mortal world with her mom and her old friends. The magic titan Hecate, who had helped Demeter's church, went to the underworld and became one of Persephone's attendants. That was cool with Hecate. The underworld was much darker and a better place to work magic than a drafty cave. Demeter even remembered her promise to Triptolemius, the priest of Ulysses. He gave him his own serpent wheel chariot and made him the god of farming. He told him to travel the world and teach people about agriculture. It doesn't sound like a very flashy job, but I guess Triptolemius liked it better than being thrown into a bed of fire. After that, Demeter really did settle down. She didn't get throw any more tantrums, which was good, because once her sister Hera got started, Hera's temper would make Demeter's anger look tame. Well guys, that's it for today's episode. We have finally covered the Persephone, Persephone goddess. It took us four episodes to get through this, but it was a really interesting story, I thought. Well, I hope you liked today's episode. You can find me on Instagram at Nilanite. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Acast, Hopper Studio, Amazon Music and Breaker. Please reach and review to your friends and family. It helps me a lot. You can message me on Instagram and please don't forget to check out my website. It's just squeakmythologywithnilla.hubhopper.com. Please go and check it out. Thanks. I love you all and bye.